welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hey everyone, this is Chris and welcome to Dads with Daughters, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you here again. I always say that, but it's true. You make my day being here, listening and being a part of this journey that we call fatherhood. And today we've got Gary Rogers with us. Gary is the author of a a new book, our newer book called Unlocking the Power of Fatherhood. It is an amazing read for any dad to really, uh, really get you thinking about being a father. We're going to talk about that, but as we always do, we're going to jump into talking to Gary a little bit about being a dad himself. So, Gary, thanks so much for being with us today. Well, you're very welcome, Chris. You know, it's my pleasure having you on. And, you know, we always start the podcast talking about you as a father and about, especially about being a father of a daughter. So think back. I want to turn the clock back a little bit. I want you to think back to that first reaction. You told me before we started today that you were father of three. You had two sons before you had your daughter. So think back to that first reaction. What was that first reaction that you had when you first found out that you were going to be a father of a daughter? <laughs> well, we did a home birth. My wife was very much into a natural way of having children. And when Rachel first appeared, Martha said, oh, it's a boy. So my first reaction was, it's not a girl, it's a boy. And then she goes, no, it's a girl. And I went, great, we're having a girl. And I went, great, we're having a girl. <laughs> now what do I do? So it was just a whole different deal, being the father of a daughter that is father of a son. And the stakes are different. Some ways higher stakes, some ways not. If you think you're raising the same thing, you're really going to be in for a rude awakening. Now, you just mentioned that the stakes are different, and I think, and I think they are. Now, for you, you have uh, adult children now. So talk to me a little bit about what was the hardest part of being a father to a daughter for yourself? You know, I think understanding her emotional makeup was different. I had to learn. I couldn't talk to her like I took talk to my two boys because it it hurt her feelings deeper. I had to learn. For example, I say you thought I would I would just be joking with Rachel. I say you throw a ball just like a girl, and that hurt her feelings. So I couldn't say those kind of things. Start with the guy, the boys. I went, they go, oh yeah, you're right, Dad. But with her, you couldn't do that. I learned that I had to be very methodical in how I dealt with her because with the boys. I'm one of those. I, I get that. That's natural for me. You know, it's more like dealing with your wife than it is because you're dealing with a female. And she's female from day one. She's a female. Guaranteed. I hear that. As a father of two daughters, I, I definitely understand that. You have to watch what you say kind of and, and temper that. I never had sons. So so for me, I've always grown up with them this way. And But it's still, it's, it's different than the way you were raised. So you definitely have to think about things differently to be able to, to learn how to communicate in a different way. And, and like, like you said, similar to what you have to find with your spouse and your partner to be able to have those kind of conversations and be able to understand where they're coming from as well. Now, as I said, you have, a, you have adult kids and a, an adult daughter, but do you have a favorite thing that as your daughter was growing up that you liked to share together that might have been just unique between the two of you? Well, Rachel and I kind of have a unique bond. She's 35 years old now. But I would take her to breakfast a lot and just sit there and let her talk to me. And she just needed that special one-on-one time. 
And I still just love just going to breakfast with my daughter. The conversations are different. Do that with the boys, but uh, it's just a very different experience with Rachel. And there's a very unique father-daughter bond between us. And it's something I just cherish in my life. I don't know why, you know, I, I told Martha it took us three times to get it right. <laughs> or was that Rachel that said that? <laughs> but, you know, it's just, you know, it's a, it was a unique bond. She just like going and doing things with me. So it was always fun being with her. I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, I know that you had a new book that came out in September called Unlocking the Power of Fatherhood. And and, and it's a really interesting topic because, you know, in what we do in our Dads with Daughters community on Facebook is we talk a lot about uh, toxic masculinity and talking about rethinking the way that we are raising our daughter. And your book really goes into a lot of that. But I want you to to talk to me a little bit about what made you decide to write this book? What was it about this topic that resonated so much for you that you felt that, that you had a message that you needed to share and to start having people think differently about fatherhood? I think it's a journey to write a book. I'm not an author by nature, but it's kind of a journey that started when I was a young man. I was raised in a very normal middle-class family, a mother, a father. They did everything in the right order. You know, they met each other, then they fell in love, and then they got married, and then they started having kids, and they didn't get that order. And, and we, we cause ourselves a phenomenal number of problems by getting all that out of, out of sync, out of order. So, but I was raised in a small town on the Texas coast, raised in a small church, you know, where I had my mom, my dad, and about five other surrogate fathers there to correct me if my dad wasn't around. It was a very nurturing childhood with boundaries and discipline. You know, my dad was pretty clear on what the standards were and was pretty clear on what was going to happen if we didn't meet the standards. But I left home and left college. I was almost through with my bachelor's degree and I moved to New York City and worked in the ghetto. And the ghetto is a fatherless society basically because the welfare system almost forces that. And I saw for the first time what it was like for fathers to be absent in the lives of their children in a very dangerous and violent environment. So, And then as I went through life, and my wife have done a lot of things, and we've run mar- had marriage counseling groups and stuff in our home, and I've heard the stories that people tell, the horror stories that they tell of, of a bad father or the absent father not knowing their father. It was always the dad. You know, the story, the, the, the deficit was always with the dad. And I just became convinced that we have a crisis on our hands and that I, because I was as fortunate to have the father that I had, that I had a responsibility to share with what I, I was freely given with those who didn't. In essence, to fill the father-shaped holes in their souls. And there's a father-shaped hole in the, in the soul of way too many of our people. So it really, Chris, be- became a, a passion to right a wrong that I thought needed to be righted. So you talked about the father-shaped hole that we all have in some way. Talk to me a little bit more about that. What does that look like? What, is that, what does that mean to you? For, for someone that's listening right now that says, I don't know what that means, tell me more about that and talk to that person. When, when you are raised without a father, th- there's so much that you miss to equip you for life. 
we are the boundary setters. We are the, we're more the disciplinarians, but we're the ones that bring a sense of, in our proper role, we're the ones who bring protection and provision and perseverance. We're the one that will say to a child, I believe in you, no matter what you do, no matter what, even when you don't believe in yourself. We're the ones to provide the protection for the family and the provision for the family. And when those things are missing, there's an insecurity, but there's also a hurt in your heart because you, you don't think your dad loves you. You know, now I think about that question. The problem is if your dad wasn't there, you don't think your dad loves you. And that is a hurtful place in your heart. And girls without mothers have, have problems too, but that hurts boys in a different way that hurts girls. So I can't change that for anyone, but I can share with them. I can share my dad with them and what he taught me and what the standards and the way of life he taught me that they can use to maybe fill up some of those deficits for themselves. So one of the questions that I guess that I would have is this, is that there are fathers that are out there that want to be present, but for some reason or not, are not able to be present, whether it's separation, divorce, uh, you know, that they're doing whatever they can to, to try to have that relationship with their children, but sometimes there's barriers in place. What do you say to those people that are, are fighting to have those relationships, to fighting to, to fill that hole in their child's lives, but there's barriers in front of them and they're feeling defeated. Well, you know, you're exactly right, Chris. The, the It's not always the father's fault that he's not there, but he's not there. And children, in too many of those situations, the mother is tearing down the father to the children all the time. So it's a very, very, very difficult situation. You have just got to find every opportunity you can communicate, you can to communicate with them. You know, you can call them every day. You can FaceTime with them every day. You can communicate them and, and make sure that you get all those periods of time you can with them. If you're in a scenario where the mother is being antagonistic towards you, the worst thing you can do is return that. You have got to be above that. You have got to give that child the best you can, the stability he needs. Because someday he'll be grown. And he can make his own decisions and he can turn and you, that relationship can be established. So if, you're, if your goal is to do everything you can to maintain that relationship so that when he's grown, he gets to make that decision, you're going you're gonna to wind up with a pretty good outcome. On your website, you have a, a really interesting quote and you say, fathers of integrity, we need you. The nation needs you. Authentic men are needed everywhere in every city and town of our nation. We need you in every nook and cranny of this phenomenal country. So give me a definition that you would give of what a father of integrity looks like to you and what you're hoping that people reading this book will take out of it to start moving in that direction. Uh, what a father of integrity looks like is my father. is <laughs> what it looks like. There's a saying, beauty is skin deep, but, but stupid goes all the way to the bone. Well, integrity goes all the way to the bone. Integrity is something you establish a set of standards, and those standards take precedent over any need or any circumstance that you have. And so integrity is your commitment to doing the right thing, your commitment to 
being as interested in the needs of others as you are of yourself, not more, not less, but as committed to the needs of others than you are yourself. If it comes to work, costs you money that you don't have. If it comes to costing you inconvenience that you don't want to experience, your decision has always got to be based on a core set of beliefs and a core set of standards. And that's what integrity is. We see an appalling lack of that in the political arena today. It is the outcome that's important, you know, not the process you went through. So, you know, integrity just has to be something you are. And you have to decide what your standards are. And those standards need to be always applied. And they're not circumstantial. They're not based on circumstance. The standard is the standard by which you live. And that's the end of the story. The reason that's so important to a child or to a young adult or to anybody you're dealing with is it brings security and safety. You know, I always knew how my dad was going to respond. I always didn't, I didn't always like it because of what I did, but I knew how he was going to respond. And that was consistent. And that brought safety and security. And it also brings with it a great deal of benefit for your children because they grow up understanding standards and understanding uh, character. You know, I think that a lot of books, a lot of people, a lot of experts in the field of parenting would always say that consistency is key. And I think that you just said that as well, that you have to have consistent standards um, to be able to be like your father, that you knew exactly how he was going to react. You knew exactly what he was going to say. You might not have liked it, but you knew that he was going to be consistent in that. And that whether that consistency comes to always being there you know, being present, being engaged, being active, you know, those are all things that we talk about here on this show that, that are so important for, for dads with daughters to be, but really dads with any kids to be, to be able to, to, to be there, to be engaged, to, you might not always know what the heck your kids are talking about or know what the heck the kids are doing or, you know, and especially as, as they go through different phases and different likes and different interests, but you have to jump in. You got to jump in and you got to be there. You got to, got to try it. You got to be willing to get out of your own comfort zone to be able to be the man that, that you want to be and the, and the man that your kids want to be. So now Gary, are there specific things, are there specific takeaways that you're hoping that anyone that is reading this book will take out of it or things that someone can you know, by reading this book that they can start making incremental changes from day one, that that they can start to move in, in a new direction? There is a strong chapter. It actually falls exactly in the middle of the book called The Measure of a Man. And it's, it's a list of the qualities of what a man is and the things like resolve and, and integrity and selflessness, and those, those kind of things. So I would encourage men, the core message is the message of purpose. And we all are born with a purpose. The gender we're born with has something to do with that purpose, by the way, but we're all created with a purpose in mind. And finding that purpose, or you could call it your destiny, finding your purpose or destiny is the, is the crucial path in, in living a, a life of substance and a life of importance and accomplishment. Your highest purpose is almost always on the other side of your greatest challenge. And the book opens with the story of my dad who had polio as a child. His right leg was totally paralyzed. The doctor said he'd never walk. Well, 
his parents decided for him that wasn't going to be the truth. They wanted to put braces on his legs, and he made, they made that decision for him. But it created in him a drive to overcome that huge obstacle in his life to do what he wanted to do. And so when we fail, it's, it's not a disqualifier. Failure is the greatest teacher. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a pretty good thing. But there is a purpose for which we're created. And when we choose to walk through those storms, it's a transformative event in our lives. It transforms us into the person we need to be to accomplish the purpose for which we're created. And we have to go through those things and we have to persevere if we want to we want to achieve our highest purpose. And that is probably the singular and most important message in this book because it saves us from victimization and leads to a life of sovereignty. So if there's one thing you take away from the book is you can be, all your listeners, you can be, no matter what the circumstances are, you can be everything you were intended to be. No matter your mistakes, no matter your shortcomings, no matter what you've done, no matter what's happened to you, you can be everything you were intended to be if you will persevere into the end. Well, if a father came to you and said, I'm struggling, I don't know what that purpose for myself is. I know I want to be a great dad, but I don't know what my purpose is outside of that. What would you say to them? And and how would you kind of mentor them to moving and finding that path for themselves? Well, first I tell them it's a journey. It's a long journey. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon is what I would tell them. I would tell them to find themselves a quiet place that they can go to every morning place where they can sit down and think. If you're a Christian, we, we call it prayer, but other people would call it something from something different. But a place where you can go where it's quiet. Pay attention to a couple of things. Pay attention to what you're passionate about. You know, in that passion probably is, is the purpose you were created for. What are the things you think about when you're passionate? Think about the things you've done that you're ashamed of. And that thought is a key to what your core principles are. So as you start, and you're, you're going to need to work this, and, and the reality is our purpose in one part of our life may be different than a purpose in another part of our lives. But as you develop those passions and, and those core, understanding your core values, and the circuit, you, you will find that circumstances start presenting themselves where you can walk into those passions. That's what I would say to do. That's how I came to, I think this message is my greatest purpose in life. I found that at 4.30 in the morning, one morning in my house in Houston, Texas, up in my office, thinking and meditating. And I came to this idea of writing a book. And I'm the last person, people who know me think, Gary Rogers is writing a book? I'm going, yeah, crazy, isn't it? This is the kid that almost failed second grade because he couldn't spell. <laughs> so that, that's what I would say. And then I, I would say find some men, a small group of men that you can be in a kind of an accountability relationship with. People you can trust to, to like you and love you, but also you can trust to tell you when you're out of line. And start bouncing those ideas off of them. The more counsel we have, plans fail for lack of counsel. And the more counsel we have to help us put that together, the better we're going to be. 
Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, everyone, again, this is all about information that's coming from Unlocking the Power of Fatherhood, a book that Gary wrote. And we're going to have a, a link in our notes today so that you can find out more about the book, find out more about Gary. Now, Gary, we always finish our interviews, what we like to call our Fatherhood Five, where we ask you five questions to delve deeply into you as a parent. So first and foremost, in one to two words, what is fatherhood? Fatherhood is love. Now, as you think about your relationship with your daughter, when was a time that you felt like you finally succeeded as a father to a daughter? I think when she graduated from high school and chose where she was going to school and the path she was going to take, I think she was ready. Now, how would your kids or or your grandkids describe you as a dad? That's a really good question. <laughs> I mean, we should have them on answer that question. <laughs> uh I think they would say that their dad is pretty consistent in what he believes and that he, um, what he believes today, he would believe tomorrow. And it's not, it's not hard to understand where I stand on things. I think that's what they would say about me. Now in your life, and you may have answered this earlier, who inspired you to be a better dad? My father, he was just such a strong, good example. and gave me such good life skills. I've often, when times have been tough, think back to what he would have done or principles that he taught me that, that worked. And when I follow those, it's it always works out. If I don't, sometimes not so much. And you're probably thinking more about that now as with grandkids, too. <laughs> My grandson's an interesting young man. <laughs> he drew up, he drew up, he made me a Father's Day card of me and him at the beach. There's two little stick figures, a tall stick figure. So, and a, a wave, we're in the water and a wave's coming. And down at the bottom, he goes, you inspire me. <laughs> Which is hilarious from a nine-year-old. <laughs> that is funny. He's an interesting kid. <laughs> now, you've given a lot of advice to dads today, but let's think about specifically dads to daughters. What advice would you give to other dads with daughters? Take your daughter out on a date every week by herself. If you have three girls, you're going to have three dates. <laughs> Take your daughter out on a date every week or two weeks or whatever it works. But every day, spend some time sitting down with that child alone and just talking for a few minutes. A boy needs to know that their fathers respect them. A girl needs to know that their father loves them. But that's a basic difference. So spending just a little time with that girl every day where she has your undivided attention. Take them to breakfast. It's a good deal. I, I hear you. That's definitely something that we, that we do in our household, and it's it's always fun. And and with two daughters, you have to do two different times. So so I appreciate you sharing that. Now, if people want to find out more about you and your book, I said we're going to put a link in. But is the best place to go your website, or where where's the best place to go? Best place is to go to the website. I think we have just about everything there. I think it's a pretty good website. So I think that's the best way to go. And that's at rethinkingfatherhood.com. Send me an email if you need someone for a speaking gig or whatever you need to do. Just go there and we'll take care of you. That sounds great. And I truly appreciate you being here, sharing all of this with us. And I encourage everyone to check out this book because it definitely sounds like it will be one that will transform the lives of so many. So Gary, thanks so much for being on today. You're welcome. Thank you, Chris. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. 
and the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the world to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.